and his mercy has always endured forever. For the Lord is still good, and his mercy endures forever. So it's good to have all of you all here to our Facebook family. We love you guys. Revive online. To everybody here, let's just give a great big round of applause for Jesus. How about that? Amen. I'm so happy to see each of you all here. And um, so good to see you all here. And we have some people that are in the back that I cannot see that's hidden. Hi, y'all. Um, I'm glad you all are here. And so good to have you all here with us today. And um, we have some other friends with us. So glad to have you all and my other friends on the other row. Hi, Trudy. That's my friend. I miss her so much. Um, all right. So it's good to have all of you all here. To all of y'all that are here, Kayla and Mandy's here with us too, our sister. So we love all of you all so much. Let me stop calling names. But I love all of you all. Okay, let's all stand and get into the word of the Lord for uh, today. All right, we are in a series, uh, I believe coming to the end of one shortly, uh, but it's called Returning to Jesus. It's been very fun and very enlightening so far, and I pray that it continues even today. Um, remember last week, we didn't get to get through much of it at all. So this week, we're going to try to get through as much as we potentially can. Um, so let's go to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, and we're going to read <clears throat> 13, uh, verses 13 and 16. From the Living Bible. Matthew chapter 16, 13 through 16. You got it? If you got it, say, I got it. I got it. Dang. All right, if you don't, it sounds great. When Jesus came to Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who are the people saying, I am? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, some Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, who do you think I am? Simon Peter answered, the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of of the living God. I want to teach again from this subject revealed a part two this time. You may be seated. I want you to tap your neighbor and say, neighbor, you'll never follow instructions on the first time. Let's start again. Tap your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. Who, has God who has God revealed, revealed. himself as, as to you. Who has God revealed himself as to you? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for the great revealing that shall happen today through your word. And we thank you for what you're going to do that shall bring glory to your name. Without you, I am nothing. With you, we are everything. And I yield this moment to you in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. My only favor that I would ask is that we <clears throat> uh, remember that we are not revive Anglican, Catholic, AME, CME, PME, DME Church of the silent people. We are a church called Revive Church, and we have been revived, and we are not a silent body. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's show God that we love him even through audibleness. Amen? Now, we have this series 
Returning back to Jesus, now I thought again it was very important for us to understand and go through a little bit of how he revealed himself in the New Testament. Remember back in the day, God um, revealed himself typically through objects, okay? Um, Moses, he was the what? The burning bush. He had the rod, he turned into a what? Snake. Snake, all right, good. It ain't rocket science. Uh, remember he pulled his head and his, uh, and his cloak and he pulled out and he had what? Leprosy, okay? These things, these little signs he gave him. He spoke to Elijah um, through a still small voice in the wind, okay? All of these things have their different um, uh, introductions of who God is. So now, remember, there was not a man in the earth, physically, in the Old Testament, that, had, that could reveal the essence of who God was as Jesus. So 400 years of silence moved after that. Matthew, now we have this man who comes on the scene born of a virgin Mary. All right? Now, the other part to this is that we have to think about is that the people in the Old Testament, the prophets knew of, heard of someone that was coming, but they have not seen the man that was coming. So they have not heard, they heard of him, but they have not seen him. And I'm pretty sure there were people in the Old Testament that have, that may have some stipulation or speculation to me rather, uh, about this man named Jesus that was coming. Isaiah was one of those bona fide prophets that would be very quick to proclaim that there is a man coming. There's a man sent by, uh, sent by John that's coming into the body to do something different, to shake up something. And however, we have this understanding that this is who he is. He's introduced himself to some of us as this. Now he moves in the New Testament, he moves through the earth and moving through everything that he is in the earth. And now he comes to this question with his disciples asking them, he's eavesdropping, wondering how they have been eavesdropping on someone else saying, hey, have you heard some conversation about me and how and who they be saying that I am? Have you heard anything about that? And they're like, you know, yeah, God, you know, I got a text the other day saying that you were, you were, you were Elijah, you were one of them other problems. I got, I heard from somebody else. I saw a Facebook post saying you were this. And in this whole thing, now we have him asking, flipping the script. I asked you who you say, they, what they say. Now I'm asking you, who do you say that I am? He's asked him a very bold question, trying to get a really solid answer out of them. And so I want to ask you the, the same thing. Who do you say that Jesus is? If Jesus came up to you right now and asked you that question, how, what would your response be? And many of them probably be like, you know, shaking and just, you know, trembling and falling on the floor because it's him. But I wonder when we came back to our senses, what would we say that he is? Who would we say that he is? Each of us has a way, a, a history, a knowledge of who Jesus is to us. And typically you always learn who he is in trying times. You've heard me say it plenty of times that, you know, God introduced himself while you were intoxicated with the ways of the world. Meaning that when you're going through one of the most difficult challenges in your life, you are going to know something different about who God is. If you keep escaping the storm, you will keep escaping a revealing he's trying to give you. It's good to be in storms. Even James said, brothers and sisters, kind of all joy when you go through various trials and tribulations. And I know that's kind of Dumb to be joyful when all hell's breaking loose, but it is possible to still have a hallelujah when you're going through one of the most difficult times in your life. I thought last week, I, I bumped you guys up that wasn't here. Uh, last week I talked about how God is revealed. 
He is not found, okay? Um, Isaiah 55 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found, but that finding well, would literally meaning uh, in that time that it means also, it means to be revealed, which means that you have to go along this journey and you so happen to stumble upon. All right, being uh, being found is the definition of being discovered just by happenstance, by choice. We don't discover him just by happenstance, by choice. He's revealed, which means he makes himself known in the earth. Okay, so he's making himself known to us. Coronavirus is showing us the revealing of Jesus Christ. Whether you want to believe that or not, coronavirus is a demon. I will say it and shout it loud from the mountaintop if I can ever say it again. It is a demon from hell. That's what COVID-19 is. It is not just a disease. It is not just a sickness. It is a demon. I can say that because while I was asleep uh, months ago, I, I remember I, told, I woke up and told Matt about it, that I was asleep. And in my dream, I mean, in my dream for about 45 to an hour, I was wrestling with this thing called COVID. I was asleep, but it was so real. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm about to die. Oh my gosh, like what's going on with me? Oh my gosh. And Matt, I told Matt, Matt said, you all right, man? God, you got fear. I'm like, I don't got no fear, but I had to realize that I was not battling something normal. I was battling a demon. It's, it's demonic in nature. You ever been sick before and you could not move when you woke up? Like sleep paralysis got you. Like you're trying to move. You can't open your mouth. But if somehow you just have enough strength somehow to say Jesus and whatever's on you lifts up off of you and now you're free. That kind of thing is the same thing that COVID did to me. I was in my bed almost paralyzed I felt like to the point where I could not do anything. And then at some point I had enough strength to call on Jesus and the thing left me just like that. And I woke up like, oh my gosh, like what's going on with me? I was sweating bullets. I was going through all this craziness and I've been perfectly fine. But the issue is that it's coming upon people and the one thing that's winning is the spirit of fear. So when you, when where fear is present, the revealing cannot happen. You have to come out of agreement with the spirit of fear and into the spirit of God and allow him to move through you to defeat these things called these devils that are going on in America. Someone say yes. Alright. Now the other part to this is we need to understand. I'm going to move quickly. We need to understand that as God continues to reveal himself, that we can take a journey through the, old, the New Testament very briefly to figure out some things about Jesus that I think was a good shouting point, okay? So we're going to talk about who Jesus is uh, from the New Testament standpoint, all right? If you're writing notes, take notes, okay? Number one, he is the good man. He is the good man. Someone say the good man. Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says that he went around doing good, which means that everything about who Jesus is, is good. One of my favorite sayings, and you all know it, in declarations is, for the Lord is good, and his mercy endure forever. For the Lord is good. And even even Bible I love it, talks about that uh, forget not his benefits. I love that, okay? Forget not his benefits. For the Lord is good, his mercy endure forever. Even the Old Testament talks about how they will come in the temple and sat and shout, For the Lord is good, his mercy endure forever. And the cloud came in so strong that no one could even stand and, and pre 
preach or do anything because they kept proclaiming the Lord is good. Now, to you, I understand the Lord is good may seem very minute. Uh, by your posture and the way you're looking at me, maybe you're okay with just the Lord is good. But for me, I, I can say that he's more than just good. He's great. He's excellent. He's mighty. He's amazing. He's gooder than good. Come on. He's gooder than good. And the more I encounter him, the gooder he gets. It's like it's like, like a fold people say, he's good to the last drop. But the great thing is, he does not run out. And you can't not run, you can't run out of him because he's always been good, which means he was good, he is good, he'll always be good. And his goodness still follows me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God is good. Now, we're going to talk about his goodness. you got to also reminisce on your history with him. Come on. If you have history with him, it's very easy to say, oh, yeah, he's good. I, I know what he did for me. He's good. I remember when I was a little boy, I always used to wonder why my mom would go off shouting like crazy in church. And she would always scare me at home with her random outburst of, thank you, Lord. And it will always trip me out. I'm like, bro, I'm trying to sleep. It's 9.38 a.m. on a Saturday. I finally have a day off of school. And you want to wake me up playing the Canton Spirituals Quartet group. And you want to bang that real loud and shout a hallelujah. But it was not till I got older that I had a revelation of who God was. I had an encounter all by myself. And I understood that yeah, I know why she's shouting. Because the same thing he did for her is the same thing he did for me. Anybody have a testimony in this room? He's good. And so all through the New Testament, all through the New Testament, he shows himself as good. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He cleansed the lepers. He is good. And the crazy thing is, Kaylee, people called him offensive. They called him rebellious. They said he was no good because he healed on the Sabbath. And he hung out with sinners. And he hung out with the tax people that stole money. Come on. These are the things that we saw him as. But they saw and saw what they deemed as bad. But they did not get redefined on what good is. But I'm so grateful that I'm in my right mind to say, regardless of what's going on, God does no thing bad. He does all things good. Because the Bible declares in Romans chapter 8 that he works all things for the good of those that love the Lord and call according to his purpose. You'll see the word good all through the New Testament, but that does not limit him to just the good of the definition you have for him. He's also, number two, the misunderstood rabbi. The misunderstood rabbi. Rabbi means teacher. He was always misunderstood. If you obviously take a, a nice journey and peruse through the parables, you will understand that they always asked him, Lord, we don't understand what exactly you're saying. Lord, we, this doesn't make sense to us. I remember even in the New Testament and all the Gospels, he asked them, you ain't got this yet? I've been preaching this for all this time, and you still don't understand me. What I'm praying for you and for me is that we can be a people that understands who he is and not misunderstand what he's doing in this season. If you have not figured out, there's something shifting in the earth and something shifting in the heavenlies that's bringing in and going to start showering down in the month of August. And I do not want to be a person that misunderstands what the heavens are saying. If the heavens are open, I want to understand. If he's blessing me, I want to understand. If he's healing me, I want to understand. He's also the revolutionary Jesus. 
Ha, 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 ha. He's the revolutionary Jesus. Thank you, Father. In this, after revolutionary Jesus, many people pointed him out. Many people pointed him out. They could not make sense of him. However, even in this, he started a revolution in the earth. He was a man that only did things for three years. And people, we are right now still honoring what he's done in the earth. <laughs> it started with him being birthed by a lady named Mary. Thank you, Father. And as he grew up, he began to do miracles, signs, and wonders. And it began a revolution. And the people did not like it. That's why he was crucified, because of what he did. Can I bless you real quick? That if God has his hand on you, and God has blessed you, and called you to do great exploits in the land right now, you are going to be hated by people. And people will not like the gospel you preach, and the business you birth, and the things you start. Because it's coming against all the plan of pain. somebody else that may hear this later or whatever else that's really big on talking about this dumb doctrine that God had a denomination. He did not have a denomination. He was not Baptist. He was not Methodist. He was not Episcopal. He was not Episcopalian. He was not none of that. He was not holiness. He was not Pentecostal. He was not euthanary, whatever they want to call it. He was not no scientist. All these other things that people have made, he wasn't. No, he's simply Jesus. And there is no denomination to him. So when people come up to me and say, you know what? I remember I, I told somebody, a pastor that I used to, I was, I used to be under a long time ago. They said, what's the name of your church? It's a revived church. He's a revived church. I said, yeah, revived church. Great church. Thriving ministry. Beautiful. Love it. Love the people of God. Hallelujah. He said, that don't sound good. You need revived like Baptist church or revived, you know, missionary church or revived Pentecostal church. Revived. I said, no, God didn't call me to no denomination. It's called revived church for a reason. Because Jesus didn't have a denomination tied to who he was. It was simply Jesus. Amen. My point for this is that we, can, we cannot allow people to box him into a religion. Or box him into a denomination. If you don't like, if you want to not, people that people will not come here because it's not a Baptist church. I come visit, but I can't join. I need Baptist. I need Kojic. I need Pentecostal. I said, that's beautiful. That's wonderful. But you won't get that here. You get a little mix of a little litany from a Baptist church, maybe. You get a little dance from a coded church every couple of months, maybe. You know, we don't have all the other things. Like, we don't have the antics. I'm at the point in my life, you all, and I hope you all can agree with me, that all I want is Jesus. I, I don't care about nothing else. I can care about what everybody else got to say. All I want 
2009. Number one, he fulfilled prophecy. Okay, I'm skipping to another part. Some other stuff that he did. We're going to go to some fun facts real quick. I got nine minutes. He, he fulfilled prophecy. Someone say he fulfilled prophecy. Every single thing that he said he was going to do, he did, Kaylee. And it was beautiful when he did it. <laughs> All right, he fulfilled prophecy. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, uses a similar phrase in this. It calls it the fullness of time. Remember, there was no time restraints in the kingdom, okay? There was no time restraints when it comes to the things of God. God is outside of time. We live in time, okay? So when he comes to interrupt something, he's not stopping time to do that. He's just being God and doing what he wants to do. That's the sovereignty of God, okay? So there's some things we got to go through, all right? There was prophecy all in the Old Testament that led him up to the New Testament. That he would be born of a virgin Mary. He would be born in Bethlehem. Then he was, was a part of the tribe of Judah. He was he begun his work in Galilee. He would do miracles. He would teach parables. He would ride a donkey through Jerusalem. He would be betrayed by a friend. 30 pieces of, about 30 pieces of silver. He was a false witness. He was bruised and wounded. His feet would be pierced. He was crucified with thieves. His garments would be torn apart. His bones would not be broken. He was pierced. He would be buried in the rich man's tomb. And he would raise from the dead. All of that is in the Old Testament. I know it was a lot. All of it was in the Old Testament. And now that brings us to what we see here. Alright? It's not a part of this, but I want to just give this to you. If Jesus can fulfill everything that was said he was going to fulfill, what makes you think that he can't fulfill everything that was going to come from you? The promises of God are still yes and amen. And let me tell you something, just real quickly, I'm going to hit it, I'm going to quit it. I, I don't care nothing about this pandemic because the pandemic does not stop the production of God. God still has some things he's moving in the earth for us and that we're going to see. I have been more blessed in pandemic than, than before the pandemic even hit. That shows you how good God is. That God keeps on making ways and he honors it. Why? Because it was already spoken before the foundation of the world that you would be blessed and that you would have more than enough and that he is your provider. And so if he already spoke those things, that means it has to come to pass. That means also the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. And I'm glad I'm righteous. That means we get some inheritance with that. He also has some amazing claims that come against him. He claimed to be the son of God. Remember, remember uh, anybody seen The Passion of Christ? Remember that movie? When he would say, they would always say, oh, he, you, since you are the son of God, since you claimed to be the son of God, it's like me walking up to you. How would you feel if I walked up to you, Trudy? Because I love me, I can pick on you. And said, since you claim to be Trudy, do something that Trudy can do. And Trudy can, you know, do a little dance. Maybe that reveals who she is. And I have a choice to believe it or a choice to disagree with it. The thing is that when Jesus did that, did those very things, here's the crazy thing about him. Ready? That although he did the things they were talking about him doing, they still did not believe he was. 
What I want to believe and release to you all is that this time when you do the exploits of Jesus, because we're all called to do miracle signs and wonders. All of us in this room are called to raise the sick, raise the dead, heal the sick. Amen. We're all called to this. All right. So if you're called to these things, here's the understanding you have to understand that people are going to disagree with, with, with you. What I believe in, though, is that when you do these things this time, that a revolution will start and break out all over the, all over the land. That when you do these exploits, that something literally will happen in the earth that will shatter the demonic principality over that region and release something new into the heavenlies and the earth that will literally drive a people back to God. If you believe that, shout amen. amen. All of you all need to wake up because you are called to miracle signs and wonders. Amen. All of you all, whether you believe it or not, you're called to miracle signs and wonders. One more time. All of you all are called to miracle signs and wonders. Okay? Lift your hand. Say, self, self. do miracles in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now go do it. Because somebody needs an encounter with God. And the moment that you skip over that, you end up messing up something for somebody else to, for, allow, to allow Jesus to be revealed. Amen. What if you were the revealer that somebody needed? And because you happen to leave, you're no longer, they no longer accept Jesus. What if they never meet anybody like you again and go to hell because they have not accepted Jesus? Because you couldn't put the can of green beans down in Kroger. To go say, hey, would you like to accept Jesus today? I notice you, you're walking with your hand on your back. Would you like your back to be healed? That one encounter can change someone's life forever. He claimed to be so many different things. Claimed. Number three, fun fact, he moved in supernatural power. <laughs> he moved in supernatural power. Which means that all of him was given in every part. Listen, in every part. Everything was given through the miracles that he did. Everything about him was released every time he did a miracle. That's why every time that people, he would encounter someone to do a miracle, he would say, hey, psst, don't go and tell nobody uh, what I just did for you. And they would go back and be so rebellious and go tell them why. Because regardless, notice that everybody he said that to, regardless that they did not say anything, when they walked back to their community, their community would be like, wait a minute, you weren't walking. You didn't have a leg. You have no arm. What do you mean? What happened to you? Oh, I can't tell you. Now, fam, let me tell you, I met a man from Galilee who touched my body and spoke life into me, and now I'm a crazy believer. And the thing is, though, Jesus only did a certain amount of miracles, but he impacted far more people than he ever touched. Here is why. Because when God moves in supernatural power, it does not just affect one person. It comes to affect an entire nation. And the thing is, though, if you would get enough strength and enough boldness to raise up out of your flesh and stop being selfish and go and do the things that God called you to do. We can see a nation turn back to God and not be worshiping all these other things. If we want to see America saved, we got to raise up in some power. And he left us some power. And behold, I give unto you power to tread over, which means we cannot be quiet and do it. We got to make some noise and do it. It's what we're called to move in. So we're called to move in this power. Why are you so submitted to your fear? The enemy's job is to make you feel as if you are not worthy enough to be used by God so you can't you stay in your shell. Mm-hmm. 
And a lot of y'all in here are in here are introverts. You don't like talking to people. A lot of you all are what I like, what I like to call selfish introvert, introverts. Which means if you don't feel like talking to nobody, you won't talk to nobody. Regardless of the Lord's telling you to or not, you still won't talk to nobody. Because you just want to do what you want to do in that very moment. You're selfish. Look at you. Manifesting. That's fine. Just want to do what you want to do. Here's the thing. If God can use you to radically transform one person, that one person goes back and tells people about somebody they met. They can't remember the name, but all they know is they encountered Jesus through you, and now their life has changed forever. Now their son comes back home, now their daughter stops sleeping around, and their family, their cousins and uncles and aunts give their life to Christ, and now a whole family who was doomed for hell now was resurrected and living with Christ forevermore. One encounter. One. Someone say one. All it takes is one encounter. What I'm praying for you is that you will have enough boldness. I mean holy, radical, crazy boldness to be as loud as you want to in the grocery store. I mean loud. Let it happen this week, God. Loud as you, loud as you need to be. And they just start screaming and shouting because you just so happen to lay hands on them, Kaylee. And that, that woman just comes, their heart, heart stops having these heart palpitations. You just lay hands on her and say, in the name of, I command your heart to be according to the rhythm that God called it to be. And now she's losing it crazy, yelling in the store, knocking over all the produce because she didn't encounter Kaylee who brought her Jesus. And now her life has changed forevermore. Now she goes back to the doctor and has proven evidence that, hey, I don't have no heart disease anymore, no more heart issues because a lady named Kaylee had me encounter Jesus who changed and touched my doctor's heart. Now the doctor's running around saying, hey, I have proof that you have this disease. Now you don't have this disease. Now the doctor goes and tells all his nurses and all the other doctors and they go tell all their family and their friends. Do you see how a nation is being revived to by you doing one thing? If you can have enough boldness in this room to go and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ into the outland, into the highways and the byways, we can supernatural power and he released that power to us so let's do it lastly thank you Lord lastly second to lastly I lied fun fact he, there was an empty tomb I love the song an empty grave is there to prove my savior lives because he lives I can face tomorrow because he lives that, those songs right there help prove the fact that he can still that. The thing is, though, Jesus was really dead. Jesus was really buried. Jesus really rose on Sunday and gave and literally gave, received all power in his hands. And the disciples appeared to him after resurrection from the dead. My point for sharing this is, and it's a fact that he got up. And man, there are people that, that are in the world right now that say, I just can't understand how a man can die and then get back up again. And just they found an empty tomb and he's not there anymore. And he just appeared to them. I don't understand how that can happen. There's a lot of things we don't understand. That doesn't mean they're not real. Yeah. Hallelujah. You breathe in oxygen, but you can't see it. <laughs> These things are real. And the thing is, though, do we need people to share he's real? Now, lastly, he transformed lives. He transformed lives. Listen to me. Over 2 billion people bear the name of Jesus Christ to this day. Think about that. To over 2 billion people believe and serve Jesus Christ. Over 2 billion. 
people because of some things he's done in the earth. The decision for God to be revealed through a man named Jesus changed and transformed lives and is still doing it to this day. But here's another thing I'm going to say in my closing. When we come to this, there's a, a great theologian named C.S. Lewis that I love. He said this in a book, The Shocking Alternative. He said, I'm ready to accept. People oftentimes say this and it bothers him. He was saying that people say, I'm ready to accept Jesus as a moral teacher, but I don't want to, I don't accept his claim to be God. People say that I'm ready to accept Jesus as a teacher, but I'm not ready. I'm not ready to accept him as God. That's why I'm really big on saying in salvation, and I say that he is my Lord, which means he has lordship over me. That what I was previously under now has no authority or connection to me. I'm now under the man named Jesus Christ. Even in deliverance, it's very important to make sure we make the claim, Jesus is Lord. Because there are some demonic principalities and forces that will come and try to take that, that place. And if we allow them to, it will succeed very well. So we got to be make, we got to make sure that he's not only a teacher, Jesus, he got to make sure he's also a God. There is a difference because God is superior and he's over your life. You can have a teacher. <laughs> you can have a very good teacher. That doesn't mean you make them God. But he, not only he's a teacher, he's also God. Someone say he's God. He asked them, who do you say that I am? Peter was the only one that responded back to him. I told you all last week, the scripture says that because he responded back to him, um, he was able in that moment to receive a blessing from God because he was able to identify who he was. What I'm praying for you that in this moment, as we go move through altar call, that you will be able to understand there is such a strong blessing coming to you, each of you, if you could just understand who God is trying to reveal himself as to you in this moment, in this season. God is trying to reveal to you who he has not shown you yet. And that may be a bit difficult because typically we, we call foreign things demonic because we don't recognize it. But if you could just get out of the, because I'm looking at a lot of you all that um, are overthinkers, overanalyzers. You got to have it to the T. If it's not completely written out, you don't want to do it. And you won't do it unless you have every single detail. All right? And there are some things about God you are not going to know like that. Why? Because he's very mysterious. In a lot of the ways he does. He reveals his mysteries, the Bible says. But it, he reveals it according to his time, not what we want it to be revealed. There are things God is doing in your life right now that you're like, Lord, I'm just like, bro, like, what's going on? Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, ooh, like, can you please just like, ooh, please, ooh, just can you just, ooh. And it's just, it's not working out. But God said, if you can just trust me with the unknown. Trust me with what you don't understand. Trust me with those things. Then you can really see some great things manifest in the earth. God is trying to reveal himself to you, but you have to make sure that you get rid of yourself so that he can be revealed. Amen.
He wants to reveal himself to you, but it's above what you can possibly understand. Father, I love your word, and I thank you for your great revealing. Lord, I bless you and pray that this word has ministered to the hearts and minds of these, your people, and to help us understand who you are even more. I love you and bless you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And the church together, shout an amen.